Just heard a song by the Jones family from Indiana singing Faithful to the Call. Today on the broadcast, we continue a message we began last week from 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. And we're preaching on lust which war against the soul. The Christian has victory over the desires of the flesh through the cross. Paul declares so 
in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. He says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the, spirit of, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is the law in my members that produced sin and led to spiritual and eternal death. That's not the law of God in the Old Testament. That's the law that's working in our heart and in our members outside of Christ. It's the law of sin and death. For what the law that is the Old Testament law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That is, he signed the death warrant of sin in our nature. And that, righteous, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Hallelujah, y'all. I'm telling you, there's victory over the flesh. And that victory comes through the power of the Spirit of God that dwells in every believer. The victory of the, over the flesh has often been forfeited by ignoring the warnings of the Spirit of God. The Christian must constantly be on guard against the revival of the flesh-driven life. If we're overconfident in our ability to handle temptation, we will venture into dangerous territory. Territory that's littered with spiritual corpses. What Christian would say to his wife and children, let's go down to our neighbor's house tonight and peer into their bedroom. And if someone in the family protests and says, well, you know, that's, that's not appropriate. He said, but they have given us permission to do so, to observe them in their bedroom. Now, I know you would think that such a man would be off of his rocker. You'd call him a peeping Tom. You wouldn't trust him around your children. He's obviously driven by base desires. But what about that man and wife that gave permission to their neighbor to observe their activity in their bedroom? What kind of character would it take to grant access to prying eyes into the bedroom? But listen, every day, every day, Christian men and women sit in front of a screen and watch bedroom scenes in their living room. And some sit in padded theater seats and gaze into someone's bedroom activities. Do people ever consider what such viewing is doing to their character? Or do they not know that they are making provision for the flesh, that they are stoking desires and lust that war against the soul? Do they ever consider the character of the people that are willing to let strangers view them in intimate situations. The willingness of people to expose themselves in ways designed to awaken fleshly desires makes them an ally of the devil himself. As a Christian, we are commanded to avoid situations that awaken fleshly desires 
and sinful impulses. What Christian could take a vacation on a public beach and come away unstained by lustful desires? Are we not contradicting our praying? Lead us not into temptation. And are we not entertaining fleshly lusts that war against the soul? Thirdly, I want you to see the moral influence of the Christian. My text states the ultimate goal of our Christian testimony. That the Gentiles, the pagans, the unbelievers will glorify God in the day of visitation. You notice in my text that the Christian was considered by the heathens to be evildoers. Verse 12 says, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers. These early Christians were accused of being haters of mankind. They didn't conduct themselves like the heathen. They didn't attend the theaters or the sports events. They would not acknowledge Caesar as being the Lord. They would not attend the heathen temples or work in any occupation that involved idol worship. And the heathens considered them to be evil doers. But that's not the end of the story. The Christian's honorable conduct over time made an impression on the heathen. Having your conversation or conduct honest or honorable among the Gentiles, the unbelievers that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, they were watching, observing, evaluating the Christian life, and evaluating the value of the Christian life by how you conduct yourself. A fleshly lapse can have a devastating impact on those whose eyes are on you. The wise man in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 1 said, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Get this now. Solomon wrote that. Solomon's the author of those words. He was a man in reputation for wisdom and honor. His folly was his affection for heathen women who turned his heart away from the Lord. And you, you understand this, I'm sure, that a fleshly lapse may be forgiven immediately by the Lord. If you're willing to confess and repent and ask for forgiveness, God is willing to forgive you. But regaining the confidence and trust of your fellow man takes time, sometimes many years. And so Peter's warning is so critical to the effectiveness of our testimony in the world, abstain from fleshly lust that war against the soul. You also see in this text that the Christian's consistent life of holiness and purity will bring glory to God. The scriptures tell us the Gentiles will glorify God in the day of visitation. 
You remember Jesus speaking similar words in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is the ultimate goal of every true Christian is to bring honor to the name of our God. If all that matters to you is what you get out of life, your road will be a crooked one with plenty of moral compromise. But if all that matters to you is that God gets the glory he deserves, that Christ receives the reward of his suffering, you will make straight paths for your feet. I ask you this question, what are you living for? To make life as comfortable on earth as possible? Or are you living to increase the population of heaven? Will there be somebody who will walk the streets of gold because you walked the straight and narrow way? Or will you rob God of your soul and in the process help Satan populate hell? I read the testimony of Rosaria Butterfield, a former lesbian who came to Christ through the influence of a Christian group that loved her and prayed for her. She was a tenured professor at Syracuse University working on writing a book on the religious right. One day after writing a critique on the Promise Keepers movement for the local paper, she received a letter from a pastor by the name of Ken Smith. He invited her to give him a call. In the interest of her book, she gave him a call. He invited her to come to their home. She visited the pastor and his family in the interest of her book. She became intrigued by the atmosphere of the home and the genuine interest and concern they demonstrated toward her. They developed a relationship with her. They checked on her. They brought her homemade bread. She began reading her Bible as part of her research for her book on these misguided people in the religious right. She read it through several times in a year in different versions. Her friend at that point was a transgendered woman, a biological male who had taken hormones to transition to a female. His name was Jay. And one day he approached Rosaria and he said to her, this Bible reading is changing you and you need to tell me what's going on with you because I'm worried I'm losing you. Rosario felt panicked, but she replied, I'm reading the Bible a lot. And what if it's true? We are in big trouble if it's true. And Jay replied, I know it's true. I was a Presbyterian minister for 15 years. And I have some books for you to read. Rosario began driving to church and parking across the road and watching the families with their children go into the sanctuary. Eventually she entered with her butch haircut and her lesbian and transgender friends. And that church, which had been a comfortable homeschooling church, 
suddenly became a church with a ministry to a bunch of broken people. Rosario had questions. She wanted to ask those people, look, I have to give up my girlfriend. What did you have to give up to be here? The people in the church didn't minimize the cost of her faith in Christ. They told her, Rosario, count the cost. This is going to be brutal. This is going to be bloody. A lot of people are going to get hurt. But they also said, okay, how can we help you? Rosario eventually surrendered to the dealings of Jesus, left her lesbian lifestyle. She described her conversion as being like a train wreck. Her encounter with Jesus completely altered her life, made her despised by her former friends. She said, conversion put me in a complicated and comprehensive chaos. Her sinful relationships had to be severed. Her social group had to be abandoned. Her whole life changed. And now she has a new life in Christ, a life of purity, a life of honor. But her conversion to Christ might never have occurred without the faithful witness of a group of people who prayed for her, who loved her, and who told her the truth. This is Pastor Bill Prescott. Thank you for listening to the Martinsville Church of Truth broadcast. Our church is located at 1376 Joseph Martin Highway in the Rich Acres community just south of Martinsville, Virginia. Our Sunday school is at 10 o'clock. Our Sunday worship services are at 11 and 6.30. Our Wednesday evening service is at 7.30. You can find more information about us on our website at www.mcotva.com. That's www.mcotva.com. You may also listen live to our services by clicking on live broadcast on our website. Until next broadcast, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon.